0: Support for How in the Hell Did I Get Here comes from The Coloring Book Coach. Did you know it's possible to heal your heart and more through coloring and the help of The Coloring Book Coach? Find your free coloring book at thecoloringbookcoach.com. Ball has stories that leave people saying, no way, that sounds like something you'd see in a movie. And we're so happy he agreed to sit down with me, my sisters Carrie, Jenny, and Aaron on a recent marathon Zoom happy hour. In this four-episode series that we're calling Secrets of a Runaway Carnival Worker, he takes us from running away from home in the 70s when he was just 15, joining and working carnivals for almost two years, and then joining the Navy at 17 and becoming an aviation anti-submarine warfare operator. Kevin and I met over five years ago. When I heard that he'd run away and join the carnival, I thought... Mm Mm-hmm. He sounds like my kind of weirdo. And I was right. We've been together ever since. He's actually the one who came up with the name, How in the Hell Did I Get Here? And when you hear his stories, you'll see why. He's had more than his share of How in the Hell Did I Get Here escapades, that's for sure. Currently, Kevin works in the film industry as a key grip, and he has for 30 years. And we hope to have him on in future episodes to tell some of those crazy stories. But let's start where we are with Kevin's interesting stories about leaving home, the carnival, and joining the Navy. As I mentioned, these stories were recorded during a fun marathon Zoom happy hour attended by four out of five sisters, with some of the brother in laws rotating in and out, which explains the sound quality and some of the hubbub you might hear in the background. This is Kim A. Floden, and you're listening to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? As usual, this episode includes swear words. Stay with us, people! Kevin fills us in a little bit on how he ended up in the Navy after being on the road from age 15 to just shy of 17. What did you do in the Navy again?
1: I was an aviation anti-submarine warfare operator. Cool. So yeah, that October. <laughs> so I basically flew around in an aircraft and killed submarines was my main job. Even though it was during the, it was actually during the end of the Cold War. It was still the Cold War. Uh, three days after I turned 17, I was in boot camp. That's after I took off and was with the carnival for two years. And so I got home and I knock on the door. I haven't been home in almost two years. And they don't know where the hell I've been because I was a runaway at 15. And I knock on the door and my stepfather, who is a complete jackass, uh, the reason I left, answers the door. Doesn't say good to see you're alive or anything like that. He just goes, uh, Mayor, guess who's here? So my mom comes to the door. She's crying and uh, so glad to see me and stuff. Well, mm-hmm. anyways, that was two weeks before I turned 17. And that was the oh response gosh. I got from him. And, you're a, you're
0: uh, a 16-year-old kid yeah. who, was dis- who had disappeared for two years.
1: Yeah. And, and he's so like, I, uh, look
0: what the cat drug in.
1: Basically. <laughs> kind of pissed me off. And I knew from that point on that I had to find something else to do. I could not live there anymore. That's the reason I left in the first place. Yeah. So he and I were, uh, well, we almost went fist cuffs a few times. And I got to the point where I was large enough to physically hurt him. Uh, because I, grew, uh, by the time I was like 12, I was six foot and 200 pounds. And I Holy pretty crap. much stopped growing after You
0: could after pretty that. much hurt
1: anyone you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I knew something would be coming out of and so I'm driving around with friends one day. We're drunk. We're stoned. We're driving around. We've been buzzing all day and stuff. And there's this big billboard that says, it's not a job. It's an adventure. And showed a <laughs> ship out in the middle of the ocean. And so I said, fuck it. I'm joining the Navy. There you go. But they're <laughs> my buddies. I mean, they're, they're basically still in high school, graduating that year or the year after that. And so they're saying, yeah, fuck you. You, you don't know what you're talking about. Three days after oh, I turned so 17, like a triple- which was two weeks
0: later. Was triple I, uh, dog Deer?
1: Was it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I just had to do something. I couldn't go back to the carnival. I couldn't stay there. I was too young to get any kind of a real job and move off the property. Off the, yeah. You know, out of my parents' house. Yeah.
0: Anything that would sustain. You. And
1: uh, so I joined the Navy, and I had to get my parents' permission to slip because I was seventeen. And uh, three days after I uh, turned seventeen, I was in boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> But I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't know I didn't give any forethought into it, really. yeah, and I, I was fortunate enough because obviously didn't have a high school diploma at the time, so I you know you would have thought that my that, that it would have been limited to what I could actually do. But I guess I scored well enough to where they said, "You want to fly?" And I said, <laughs> Yeah, yeah wow. sure." And I didn't think about it. I thought maybe once you know, but it turns out that that was my basic job. I wasn't a pilot. What I did was I worked radar. And different types of electronic warfare gear to track and localize su- submarines.
0: That sounds so cool. Yeah, it, it was it
1: pretty. Is. It was pretty cool. But I mean, it was also the military. I mean, there was enough there was enough freedom to think that you almost had freedom, but then they would slap it back at you real quick. No, we
0: own you. Uh, yeah, Casey, it's an adventure, but it's also a job. So, <laughs> Kevin,
1: that was
0: silly. you kind of glossed over the part where you ran away and joined. Everybody yes. wants to hear about someone who ran away and joined the carnival. <laughs> That's just a given. <laughs> uh, well, that the, would be a true how in the hell did I get here moment. You run away and you end up in the carnival. I mean, like, what the fuck? And it was the 70s.
1: Okay. Well, I guess basically, to a little bit of lead into that point, just to give you an idea of who, where I was, there were, like I mentioned, my stepfather, there were problems between us. Now, I was a very mischievous kid, but I wasn't a bad kid.
0: Huge surprise I mean, I, there. I,
1: I was not the breaking and entering kid. I wasn't the stealing car kid or anything like that. But I was not listening to people, uh, being where I'm not supposed to be, smoking weed, getting drunk, that kind of a thing. And I was doing uh, drugs and stuff. I started smoking weed. Well, um, actually, the first time I ever smoked it, I was probably like eight or nine. I caught my, oh my older gosh. brother smoking I know. weed. And he forced me to smoke a hit of pot because he knew that if he had, if I was to inhale some pot or get some pot, I couldn't tell my mom. So when I (laughs) caught him smoking, he did that and it did work. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I didn't start smoking regularly till I was like 12. Well, that's better. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Same (laughs) with me, but had like 35 years.
1: We had moved from where I went. I went to a Catholic school from first to eighth grade. After seventh grade, we moved to a town about... 10 miles away from there. And uh, we had to commute because I was there for the first seven years. So they wanted me to graduate from there. It was a Catholic school, a private school. So we finished that up. So I was commu- commuting back and forth. And for me to visit my friends, I ended up hitchhiking a lot. Now, granted, we're talking about like seventy one, seventy two, seventy three, 73 kind of an era. So it, there was probably lots of horrible stuff happening, but you didn't hear about it. You didn't know about it. So hitchhiking was my daily way of getting around.
0: And it was a normal way. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was no And you problem. looked a lot older than you were.
1: And I was a large person. Right. And so I mean it would be nothing for me to stick out my thumb and go hitchhike to Lombard, which was about ten miles from West Chicago, and go visit him. And so that was my way back and forth. So I, I did that and I ended up going on longer adventures with some of my friends, you know, for a couple of days. We'd go out of town or something like that. And my parents would get angry, they'd yell. But, I mean, I was always kind of the rebel when it comes to that. That's kind of the lead up to me running away. So I'm used to hitchhiking. I know it's a method of, you know, getting around that I can do. And I know that I did not, with people that I had met on the road and stuff, I really didn't fear
0: uh, going out there. So obviously hitchhiking is no big deal to Kevin. Find out what happens next after the break. Hey, this is Kim, also known as The Coloring Book Coach. I just wanted to pop in here and say I hope you're doing well. And also, there are some great free coloring pages for you at thecoloringbookcoach.com. And I'm here for you if you need someone to talk to. Right now, I'm offering 20-minute intuitive sessions for just $40. I have the ability to tune into you and your life and provide quick assessment and advice for whatever might be going on. Here's a testimony from a recent client who says, Kim's reading was extremely informative and on target. She knew very specific information about my situation and has provided me with clear direction about next steps to take. She was extremely professional, empathetic, and kind. I highly recommend Kim. She truly has a gift with energy. So if you're interested in giving this a try, reach out to me at thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com and let's talk. That's thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com. So back to Kevin. He's 15, he's not afraid to hitchhike. Now he and some friends hatch a plan for the ultimate hitchhiking adventure.
1: So I'm used to hitchhiking. I know it's a method of you know getting around that I can do, and I know that I did not with people that I had met on the road and stuff, I really didn't fear like going out there. We're sitting around one day and I'm sitting with a guy and a girl, two of my good friends, uh, Scott and uh, Kathy. Everybody's got issues at home. And so we decided, hey, let's hitchhike to California. Uh, You know, it didn't take me but a second to go, yeah, let's do this. And I wasn't quite sure they were serious or anything like that. But the next day or so, uh, we talked about it and we ended up leaving. And you were leaving from Chicago? Chicago. Yeah, the suburbs of Chicago. I lived in a town called West Chicago at the time. So we ended up hitchhiking out there, did do a photo journal up to the point where we got to Colorado. And uh, we went to Colorado and I actually left my camera on a rooftop. I went up to the roof of one of the apartment complexes that we passed out in because we would find apartment complexes with laundry rooms because they would always be warm. And so that's where we would end up sleeping. That would be how we would do that. Wow. So we would go into an apartment, we'd find the laundry room, and we'd just camp out in the corner we just get our sleeping bags out and tuck in and because normally we'd get there late and we'd be up there early before people are doing it so we went up there got to the roof took all these beautiful uh denver skylight shots and stuff like that and apparently i didn't realize till the next day and i was a couple hundred miles away hitchhiking that i, I left my camera there
0: oh man but, yeah, i know such a bummer yeah, but such a bummer. During
1: that time, before I had left hitchhiking from Denver, my friend and my both of my friends called their parents. They were scared, and they got tickets and flew home. Oh, my so, gosh. So right, I they was, bugged out. I was in Colorado, and I was by myself at that point, and I decided, fuck it, I'm going to California. So I ended up hitchhiking. There's so many stories that are in between here and there that I'm going to bypass them, but kind of just let you know when i got to california this this would be an ongoing series <laughs> okay. and uh, so i ended up hitchh- hitchhiking out there and there were, there's one story that i'll tell you on the way there because it's kind of a segue into my introduction to los angeles when i finally made it there i get into california you, you know I, I i made it i crossed the line and i'm getting picked up hitchhiking um just quickly i did get picked up by a blonde-haired girl in a microbus who picked up <laughs> another couple I mean, this is during the total hippie day. This is uh, 75. A so, what-head what you know, girl? Blonde. Oh, okay. Head. You know, so it's like the typical Cal- – I mean, it was like, wow, this is California. I automatically get picked up by a beautiful blonde girl in a microbus in a VW bus. Then <laughs> she picks up another hippie couple. And then she tells us so – she goes, hey, you guys want to go skinny dipping? And so – blah blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was, I'm 15 years old. I, I mean, I have not yeah. really, you know, I'm, yeah, it was, a, it, it, it was weird. So I did, I said, okay. And we went to this little hole. Now I didn't actually go skinny. Did I mean, the, the rest of them did. I just kind of hung out, you know, cause they're, they're more adults than I am. And so they all go and it's just a completely innocent thing, but that was just kind of my introduction to California. Then I get picked up by it was like, I, welcome
0: to California. Let's go the girl in the microbus, let's go skinny dipping yeah. and smoke some weed and I, Woo. It's like a Brady Bunch episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. totally. well it's like it's exactly the California your parents would have warned you about. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my
1: mom thought I turned into one of the Moonies. I don't know if you remember the Moonies. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah
1: she thought I became a Moonie. because she, she she didn't know where I was for two years. So uh, a Oh year, my that, goodness. Almost a year. The people that picked me up uh, going into Los Angeles is kind of where this I was going to segue into my Los Angeles story is because there were four guys that were in a band and they were funny. They were gregarious. They were outgoing. um they uh, They and they were a little bit effeminate, but I didn't really I was so naive from being in the Midwest. <laughs> I did not know what I was really into at that point. They were completely friendly, completely polite to me on the way down there, included me with their, everything. When we stopped, because I had no money, they would buy me dinner. And, and on the way down there, they would, we'd be stopping at rest areas. And then a couple of them would go off. And I thought they're out there smoking pot without me. I'm going, wow, they're going out there to party. And they're not even going to invite me along. So I was a little miffed. And I kind of let it slide. And we finally make it to Los Angeles. We go to one of their parents' house. And then they start talking about going to this, uh, club called the Blue Parrot. And, uh, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and I, I, didn't know anything. And, and I'm kind of like, they're, they're talking about all going together and kind of giving puppy dog guys going, man, you know, I just got to LA. This is, uh, you know, me thinking inside my head. What, you know, what, what about me? What about me? And he sees the, the look on my face and he goes, Kevin, you're not going to like this kind of a club. Believe me. So all of a sudden, everything that I saw on the way down there, all the pieces got put together. All the little marbles went in their holes. (laughs) And I go, (laughs) oh, fuck. And, you know, they were, of course, all gay. And I had no idea the whole time until it it hit me like a ton of bricks. Well, anyways, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm 15 years old. I'm in Los Angeles. And I go, God, okay. Now what?
0: You know, I got to interrupt for just a sec. What's what's really kind of sweet about that story is like you're off on your own. You're a man of the world. You make your way across country, but you're still an innocent kid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like you have to remember that. You're just you're just a kid.
1: Even though I knew it at the time, I, you know, you put on front because, you know, I, I am in survival mode. I mean, I am doing what I have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, as far as like eating is concerned, it came between bumming money and um, – people being generous on the road with the rides so while i'm hitchhiking it was normally okay for me to eat because they were normally people would pick me up would be happy enough to buy me a burger if they stopped to get something to eat um mm-hmm. but once i got there it started getting serious at that point like, okay i'm here don't have any money and what do i do so of course the logical thing is hitchhike to seattle yeah that's the that's yeah. it yeah <laughs> My, my parents were divorced when I was like about two years old. My father was a scientist, a professor, and uh, he was uh, at the University of Washington. So every summer from the time I was like 8 to 12 or 13, I would fly there for three months at a time for the whole summer and fly back. That's where I got all my mountain climbing, outdoor stuff out of the way. So I kind of knew people and I kind of knew the area. So I figured there was a little comfort level of me going up there. But then again, when I got up there, I'm there. What do I do? I didn't really have any friends' numbers from then. I mean, it wasn't that kind of a thing where I really made a lot of planning before I took this trip.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it.
1: So I uh, saw a carnival.
0: What about? And, did you see your dad when you got to Seattle? Did no, he no, because
1: by that at that point he had already he had transferred down to uh, Colorado. He was like, oh, um, okay. Colorado. So you
0: were going I mean, to an yeah. area you knew.
1: Yes, it was just a familiarity my father. I wasn't going to visit my father. And uh, at the carnival, it was a tiny little carnival, and I just uh, asked if they needed help. And they said okay. Now, they probably kind of suspected I was under 18, but I was over over six foot and like 200 pounds. I was a big guy. Maybe not, so they didn't ask too many questions.
0: Well, we're going to leave Kevin out there on the road. Be sure to tune in next week and stay with us all month to hear what else happens and hear us say more than once, no way that sounds like something you'd see in a movie and big thanks to Kevin Ball for sharing his stories with us. Meet you back here next week for more. How in the hell did I get here stories until then pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying
1: we would find Apartment complexes with laundry rooms because they would always be warm. And so that's where we would end up sleeping.
0: How in the hell did I get here? Hey, if you can and want to, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the coloring book coach. You can help us by spending as little as $3. We appreciate everything and anything. And if you want a way to support us without spending anything, please leave us an iTunes review. Click the iTunes logo at howinthehellpodcast.com to do that. And please visit thecoloringbookcoach.com for your free coloring book. Plus, there's color and calm pages over there that are designed for the times we're in right now. And don't miss the How to Fall in Love with Yourself Toolkit podcast to find out what's happening this month and the tools to support you through it. Find that podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Big thanks to Silent Partner for our theme song, Seventh Floor Tango, and our ad music, Blue Skies. We found them on YouTube's creator library. Find their links in our show notes. How in the Hell Did I Get Here is a production of The Coloring Book Coach and is written, produced, and hosted by Kim A. Floden with editing direction from Carrie Floden.